a reading from the Gospel of Luke. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I have desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, And you were not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. On his way to Jerusalem, Jesus is warned by some Pharisees of all people that if he has any sense at all, he will not go to Jerusalem because Herod means to kill him. This is old news, of course. Herod has been scheming to get Jesus from the birth stories. There's nothing new about this. Herod, who is a Jew, is a Roman lackey whose job it is to keep the Jews in their place, to keep them from causing trouble, and Herod was ruthlessly good at it. Just ask John the Baptist, whose head became a table decoration at a party at the bequest of a beautiful woman. He keeps his job by swiftly and without remorse eliminating anybody who might cause trouble for the Romans. And in a rare moment of Jesus unplugged, we hear Jesus say, you tell that old fox, Herod, that I'm busy casting out demons and performing miracles today and tomorrow and the next day, and he's not getting me before I get to Jerusalem. Tough talk. Jesus is not naive, though. He knew he wasn't getting out of this alive. There was about Jesus a certain clarity and purpose about his life, And once he set his face toward Jerusalem, there was no turning back. He knew what awaited him there. How did he put it? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills its prophets and stones those who were sent to it. And then, in one of the most beautiful and powerful descriptions of the nature of God, He says, how often have I desired to gather your children as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? 
You can say what you want about all the masculine images of God, but this picture of God as a hen who gathers her brood is as stunning an image as there is in Scripture. To be sure, it's unusual, God as a hen, but it is perfectly beautiful. Here we see Jesus not as some troublemaker, but as a mother who agonizes over her children. If you travel to Jerusalem today, on the western slope of the Mount of Olives, just across the Kidron Valley from Jerusalem, tour guides are taking pilgrims on what is called the Palm Sunday Tour. They start in Bethany and make their way down the Mount of Olives, And the first stop is an exquisite little chapel built in the shape of a teardrop. It's named Dominus Flavit. The Lord wept. According to tradition, it is at that very spot that today's lovely Bible story took place. Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, stopped and lamented the unkind fate that awaited people who bore the truth and who came with love. Inside that little chapel, there's a high-arched window that reveals one of the most spectacular views of the old city. The golden dome of the rock, the maze-like church of the Holy Sepulchre, and below the window is a mosaic medallion of a white hen with a golden halo around her head, and her wings are spread wide to shelter the seven little chicks that are crowding beneath her wings. But why a hen? Out of all the animals that Jesus could have chosen, there are certainly ones that are more fearsome, more aggressive. A farm animal. What about the mighty eagle of Exodus or the lion of Judah whose roar just mows down its enemies? But Jesus chooses a chicken, which is about as far from a fox as you can get. What Jesus will be is a mother hen who stands between her chicks and those who mean them harm. She has no fangs, no claws, no rippling muscles with which to defend them. All she has to defend them is love. All she has is her willingness to shield her babies with her own body. And if the fox wants them, he will have to get her first. And that's what happens, of course. From Dominus Flavit, the tour guide will take you further on down the Mount of Olives to the bottom to the Garden of Gethsemane, the place where the fox slips up 
honor one night in the yard where the babies are all sleeping. And when her cry awakens them, the chicks go scurrying off, fulfilling Jesus' lament. And you were not willing. She dies the next day without a single chick under her wings. It breaks her heart, but it does not change a thing. Because if you mean what you say, then this is how you stand. It is a painfully real lament. And many of you know what it's like. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. If you have ever loved someone you could not protect, then you understand the depth of Jesus' cry. All you can do is open your arms. You cannot make them walk into them. I think women, and particularly mothers, understand this image better than most people. For it is perhaps being a parent that is the hardest. It seems to me they carry an immense burden to protect and nurture their young. They yearn so badly for them to grow and to thrive. They ache when they suffer. They want to protect them from the evils and perils that are ahead of them. It is brutally hard to gather your chicks beneath your wings and to offer your body and your life as protection. We know about that. It is no accident of metaphor or slip of the tongue that caused Jesus to liken himself and God to a hen gathering her chicks under her wings. For it is precisely the image of the one who gives her life for her children that is what, she, is what Jesus does for us on the cross. Threatened by evil, love will do no less. There is about Jesus an unsettling vulnerability and a ferocious kind of love that is protective and self-sacrificing in a way that unsettles us. They tried to warn Jesus to stay out of town because that old fox, Herod, meant to get him. But over and against Herod's power and authority, his timing and his cleverness, his desire to keep a lid on things in the Galilee, Jesus understands himself as a hen gathering his chicks under his wing. It is an image that has power because of the deep and unyielding love it represents. Because the hen, when she fights, has nothing to fight with, no talons, no muscles, no weapons to defend herself with. All the hen has is love. And all the hen needs is love. A friend of mine, I grew up in the Midwest, you know, 
A friend of mine, I didn't live on a farm, but he did. Know nothing about farms, really, nor do I want to. <laughs> but uh, my friend tells about living on a farm. His grandfather lived on a farm just down the road from him. He said one day lightning hit the hen house, and the hen house just burned down at his grandfather's house. And he and his grandfather went out to the hen house to look at the wreckage of the hen house and put out the last of the fire. And as he and his grandfather were walking around the hen house, they came upon one hen lying near what was once the entrance. Her top feathers were singed brown from the heat, her neck limp. And as his grandfather reached down to kind of pick up the hen, he noticed four little chicks moving and scurrying out from underneath the hen. The chicks survived because they were insulated by the shelter of the hen's wing, protected and saved, even as she died to protect and save. Every mother knows the cry. How often have I gathered you together as a hen gathers her brood under her wing? As we walk these Lenten days, we remember one who walked this life with such purpose and intention that all of our purposes and intentions pale in comparison. We see one whose readiness to lay down his life for us still gives us pause. Unbelievably, he loves his children who cause him heartache and give him sleepless nights, this man of Galilee. And no earthly power can dissuade him from doing that. We wonder at the steel in his backbone and the glint in his eyes, the power of his gospel and the warmth of his invitation that would gather even us up under his wings and welcome us in his protective embrace. What wondrous love is this? Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul.